0: Welcome to the monster tech festival podcast uh, as part of the uh, preparations and following week we'll be talking to those supporting the inaugural festival uh, this is a festival by the tech community for the tech community so today we're sat with sarah donnelly you're a director from social tech communications have i got that correct i, I tend to butcher these things
1: that's right
0: yeah <laughs> right obviously kind of uh social is is a tech communication business um do you want to talk about yourself what the business does what you do in the business yeah
1: great thank you for that so yeah so i head up the tech pr specialist division of social social is uh, a nation a national pr and communications agency offices up and down the country headquartered in manchester that's our heartland and yeah i set up tech the tech specialist division about 18 months ago and we are focused on supporting tech businesses across the country but with a real focus on on the northwest and uh, and manchester in particular to really help define their message what makes them unique and help them to to shout loud and proud in what is a very busy marketplace these days
0: as i say it's, it's a very busy marketplace in manchester at the moment i think i think the growth recently has been, been bonkers really
1: it has, and I think the tech festival has really sort of illustrated that. It's been a real, there's been a real buzz for the, the past week um, at, at the festival, and, and it just goes to show how busy this ecosystem is, but in a really positive way. Yes, it's it's competition. But that's collaboration opportunities as well and that's the real sense i got from, from from the event was was that real sense of camaraderie and, and collaboration across across the ecosystem
0: because you guys have, have, have sat on a couple of panels this week and, and you've you've presented you but you've been involved uh, have, you, have you found it how do you how do you feel it's gone
1: yeah really good so monday i presented the graveyard shift uh on uh, the leadership conference and, and it was great. So, so that session was all around authentic leadership and how the the image and values that you portray as a leader to the external world has to be reflected internally. And how if that's not aligned, if, if there's misalignment there between what you say to the outside world and what what you say to it to your employees and in the, the internal world, that that, that can produce um, and create some issues. So really focused on how leaders can can develop themselves incredibly as an authentic leader. And um, and then Thursday, we did a session around uh, creating standout. So it's part of the startup and scale up uh, in the pineapple room. And um, yeah, that was very much focused on tech startups and scale ups, you know, again, in a busy marketplace, how can you create standout and some tips uh, that they could take away with them, uh, sort of founders that they could use to really shout about their business and, and find what it is that makes them unique and uh, use that to, to help tell their story to to potential customers, to different audiences. So yeah, we really two very different presentations, two very different audiences that that we were speaking to, but hopefully some, some soundbites that, that they could take away and
0: use? I think they're both really interesting conversations to have. I think one in terms of it's kind of how you scale and what you do to scale. And I think there's A, being your authentic self and sort of leadership positions as well. Because I think in certainly in my experiences kind of in my own startup is that there is a time that certainly from a leadership point of view is, is that you present what you believe you should be presenting rather than what you should actually present should actually be presenting, which is yourself. Yeah, And it's the... Do you think there's a bit of a challenge in that in terms of do you think people not doing a bad impression because I think I think that's a harsh statement, but having the self-confidence to kind of put themselves forward rather than kind of what they think they should be presented? Yeah, I
1: think it's it's that self-awareness and really digging deep into you know what it is that you stand for and therefore what it is that your business stands for and um, i think i think founders are in a really great position when when it's a smaller business and it's it's on its at the start of its journey it has a great opportunity a founder has a great opportunity to to really define the culture that they want to take forward at that point so that the people that they look to attract to the business and the messages that they want to put out are, are a true reflection of them and and, and what they know what they want for that business i think like i say self-awareness is is one of the key things you've really got to to look into yourself um from almost take a a mirror look at yourself and and, you know decide what values what's important to you you know what do you stand for and how does that reflect in the business and making sure that, that that's a a culture that you can you know the people that you're bringing into the business share that sort of that 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 vision and that and that culture I think it only takes one person to come into the business that doesn't that, and, and that can have a real detrimental effect on the business. And I think from a talent perspective, part of the, the work that, that I was talking about on Monday, part, part of the presentation was around how being authentic in your leadership can help attract talent in what is uh, you know, a really difficult time from, from a skills perspective. If you're not portraying the true you to the outside world and the inside world, then you're, you're not going to compete against those businesses that are when it comes to talent.
0: No, no I, I kind of come from a kind of corporate kind of HR background. And I always used to talk about the fact that you need to, um, if you're not really clear about who you are and what you do is that, and people get the wrong impression about you, there's that kind of sense of surprise when someone comes in the business and they go, actually, this isn't what I saw in the brochure. And actually, that's the quickest way to kind of, and people need to see kind of, good and bad of the business in, in its truest sense. And sometimes the things that you see as foibles or those idiosyncrasies are actually things that are really attractive to people because they want to do something that's a bit against the grain, potentially.
1: Yeah. Um, Sarah Knight did a brilliant um, uh, session on Thursday and one of the things that, that she talked about was um, moving away from mission, vision and values, because it's, they're almost too vague. They're almost a bit wishy-washy, I guess. Yeah. And to actually look a bit deeper and, and produce code of conduct so that, that when people look to, you know, the next business that they want to move to or there's a clear structure for what those expectations are for you as an employee and also what you can expect from the business. And it really, as a founder, as a leader of the business, it, if, if you produce something like that, there's, there's no sort of, there's no, there's a clear path. There's a clear expectation across everybody within the business from leaders through to, you know, to the junior members of staff. So that was an interesting thought. It's not something I'd, I'd thought about before. But, yeah, being much more prescriptive about what your business means, what impact it's having, what, you know, what employees can expect from you as a business, as a founder, as a leader. Uh, a really interesting sort of concept to, to consider for the future.
0: No, and, and, and I, I think it's a really, I think it's a really neat idea because it's kind of very, off, not very often you actually kind of step back from the business. I always talk about you feel like you sort of grommet on top of the train, sort of laying down the train tracks as you go. And yeah. So, sometimes you do need the train to stop and just kind of go. Am I am I heading the right direction? I kind of. Am I building this in the right way? I don't think you never. I don't think you ever get away from that sense of kind of forward trajectory, kind of at pace. Um, yeah not necessarily on your terms at times, but it's (laughs) the, I I, I think it's the, it's trying to own it as much as possible to make sure at least you kind of, you do it in a safe space more than ever. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: No, no, that's that's a really kind of nice way. I've I've never heard anyone call it a code of conduct before, but kind of when you sit you think, yeah, actually, Mm -hmm. it it is to be fair. And it does wrap up the whole kind of mission, mission, vision stuff up together quite nicely. Yeah. Um, and actually that probably kind of sort of bleeds into kind of the stuff, the scale up and start up day on uh, that you worked on as well. And I presume a lot of the things that came out the authentic leadership kind of it had power and impact on, 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 the second, on the second day you're involved.
1: Yeah, I think with, with the start up and scale up, the the sessions that certainly I attended and the one that I delivered were very much focused on at the starting point. So the start or midpoint of, of, that, of that journey. And, you know, now's a really good time. at at this point to to make sure you've got all those foundations in place. You know, do you know who you are as a leader and what you want from the business? Do you know what you want from your employees? Do you know what kind of business you want to run? Is it one that's purpose driven, which a lot, a lot these days are, you know, what what impact beyond the business do you want to have? Is it, you know, do do you want to support um, community projects? You know, what kind of impact beyond the business? And I think it's a really nice starting point. You know, that's that's what the Startup Scale-Up session was all about, was, um, you know, really take this time to define all of those things, define who you are, define where you want the business to be, define what your core messages are, and, and you know, really think carefully about what the benefits are that you intend to bring to your different audiences, whether that's um, a B2B audience, a B2C audience, whatever that might be, and to, to really take that take that step back. So I think too often startup founders there's so much to do besides just run the business you've got you know you, if you seek investment you've got your pitch decks you've got you know you've got all of those relationships to build and it can be quite easy to forget or to um to neglect the area of the business like make you decide and who you know what you stand for what your principles are because it's those things that will attract employees you know when you need them so it's you know it's it can be something that, that, that gets neglected but it's actually really quite important
0: I I think part of the challenge within this is is being able to articulate it at times. And something that I've kind of constantly wrestled with is that, you know, even Mm -hmm. on a basic level level when people say kind of, what what do you do and how do you do it? Sometimes it's just a bit of kind of like, you know, sort of do HR. Just (laughs) kind of try and do it in a really good way. Yeah. And and it's, I don't know whether it's kind of either kind of you're an an expert in what you do, so kind of to a degree it's almost hard to kind of make it real to other people, but then there's the other side of it, which is kind of how do you, you sometimes struggle a bit because maybe again, you're too close to it and kind of being able to decouple yourself and stand back in the in the distance and kind of go, ah, I, I, I kind of see, I kind of see how it all fits together.
1: See, yeah. And I think one of the things that we do for, for lots of our clients is run strategy sessions, strategy days. And that really is, is get um, five or six people Within the business, around a table, and and we really just interrogate and scrutinise the business. So, I mean, one of the key one of the activities that we we often do is um, describe the business in a sentence, and then in three words, and then in one word. And it can be quite difficult for them to do it, but by the time we've got you've described it in that one word, you've effectively drawn out of the business the things that are most important that stand you apart, and that one, I mean. We often run these uh, sessions over the course of a sort of six to seven hours, like a full day. That activity is one of the most powerful ones because it really makes you think, uh, you know, as a business, what are we? You, you can't just be a paragraph worth of things. You have to to really distill um, what it is that you do and what it is that sets you apart. And then from that, you, you then you can then prioritize actually from an end user perspective, if, if you're saying that, that you are uh, an innovative business, for example, um, quite often clients will, will sort of use innovation or innovator as, as one of their key, you know, single word adjectives. And it really then, if we draw that out and say, right, okay, then, so you're an innovator, prove it. What is it that, that you do that makes you an innovator? So we spend that spend time then really building out the, the evidence, well, we're, we're innovators because, you know, we, we've got a CTO that worked at, google for example whatever it might be so so doing those sorts of activities we find really helpful for clients because it really makes them think uh, step outside of the business to think within the business and uh it it can really open up it's quite eye-opening actually especially when you've got a few people within the business across the table and all the different sometimes you get everybody absolutely on the same page and they come up with the same sorts of words and sentences and then you've got other times where literally they couldn't be more different and it's sort of then the conversation well why do you think that and why do you think that and you, you know you always end up getting to a point where you, you're all on the same page but but that's a really interesting task to to undertake with, with clients
0: no i, I, I saw um, a, a slide deck a couple of weeks ago from a pr firm and, and they were talking just briefing people like pr and said like don't refer to yourself as being sort of pioneering and innovative because every press release that gets released is, is everything's from a pioneering and innovative firm as a consequence so you, you've just just because you use, use those words doesn't make you that as well which so I was quite enjoy I was like oh yeah I've, I've, I've done exactly that mistake
1: and this is where the uh, one of the things I touched on yesterday in the presentation um at, at the festival was all around evidence everything's got to be backed up by evidence so if innovator comes out as a, as a key a um, as a key word for in a business, the more important part, and, and this is where you'll spend, you know, an hour of, of, of that session is all right then, if, if, if you're claiming to be an innovator, as many people do, prove it. You tell us every single thing that you've done within the business that stacks up and that really supports the, the, the theme of innovator. And sometimes there's a lot of proof points and you can, say, you can say, actually, yeah, you are doing lots of innovative things. You are sitting on working groups in, you know, that are leading the way and what have you. But other times, they don't. And at that point, that's that's about challenge. Um, uh, and we, we, we always challenge clients. We don't sort of just accept it. We'll say, well, hang on a minute. Let's just just take a step back and think about it. Like you say, a lot of people claim to be pioneers. A lot of businesses claim to be innovators. We've got to prove it now. Um, and and that's that's where you, you spend a lot of your time. In those sessions, it's really drilling into uh, and deep diving into the proof prove
0: it I, I think there's a I think there's a in. I, I think certainly my my kind of view of the world at this moment in time is, is that kind of when the people kind of certainly within, within the Manchester kind of community and probably a little bit beyond is kind of whether that kind of market's mature enough to kind of understand some of these challenges and kind of develop alongside of it because I think if you were to go to London there's probably a better sense of kind of these challenges and what you need to do and what you need to be and kind of um, not to fall over these things. Kind of, what what are you seeing, and kind of, what change do you want to see in in, in that space?
1: I think I think the tech sector here is 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 incredible. I think there's a lot uh, outside of London. I think I think we've come a long way, and I, and I would argue that it's one of the the best cities as a tech business. If you were choosing to start anywhere, I think Manchester would be I, a safe bet. What I'm thinking. For, For the future, the sort of the medium, short to medium term is, and everyone's talking about it, is is the skills gap and what that that means for Manchester. I think, I know there's been um, a a surge in sort of London businesses or uh, European businesses choosing Manchester as, as their home or as their second home. And that's great for the city, but what does that mean for talent? So for homegrown businesses, there's already an issue there with talent. But, but with an influx of um, either London businesses operating remotely, so offering, you know, uh, people here a London salary, but without having to do the move, you know, that that COVID has really accelerated and created a bit of an issue with, with hybrid working in that, yes, it's great, but actually on the flip side, it's making businesses in Manchester having to have to compete now with, with national and global businesses on a talent basis. So I think the, I think that the, the, the the key driver for, for the next sort of 12 to 18 months, I would say, is how do we try and fix that? There's a lot of, um, you know, there's lots of boot camps, there's lots of initiatives and campaigns going on across the region to help support that. But that's the sort of short-term, mid-term fix. I think the problem needs to be taken right back to the start, which is in education. And there's this, there's, there's, we talk about, Stem subjects there being issues with with a gender imbalance in tech, I think we need to take this right back to to primary school and really finding ways to um encourage and you know girls in in primary schools at that point to really get an interest in 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 this in tech I think only then. Will we see you know it sort of it'll obviously take 10 15 years for, for us to see the benefits of that and there is work already going on I know that the lights of talk talk um, is doing a lot in this space and and I'm sure that they're joined by many others but it is it's about uniting as a, as a as an industry now as a sector to to fill those gaps yes we need to fill the gaps that we have right now but we also need to think about the future gaps that we're going to get if we don't start dealing with the with the challenge of 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 girls of, of getting girls into tech but also brought more broadly as well um and also there's opportunities there there's there's a brilliant um, organization called tech returners and they're very focused on how we get for example women that are coming back from maternity leave how do we how do we you know use their skills transferable skills get you know use them to plug some gaps there are um, there's a charity called Tech Fugees, and they're all about displacement. So people that have been displaced, how can we use them and upskill them? You know, we, we've got a huge amount of of, of people that sought asylum here. Uh, how can you know th- these people are here and the, they'll want to work? You know, what opportunities can we tap into to help them and then help the skills gap? So there's lots going on. I think it's it's about sort of bringing it all to t- together, consolidating it to, to really feel the benefit in the next 10, 20 years.
0: That's amazing. No, I, 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 I didn't know about the tech UGs, and I, that sounds really interesting. I think certainly kind of where we are where we are as a world at this moment in time as well. Yeah. So, no, it's amazing. Um, I'll say If if anyone wants to kind of reach out and say reach out, I, I hate people say that, so <laughs> shoot myself a lot. Um, if anyone wants to contact you, Sarah, uh, Sarah, and contact you, kind of understand what social do a bit more. What's the best way of doing that?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn, Sarah Donnelly uh, 6. And I'm also on email, donnelly at social.co.uk. And you can also find us on uh, www.social.co.uk.
0: Amazing. And what we'll do, we'll put some links to Tech Return, is it, in the notes as well, and Tech QG's as well, if people want some more information on that. That's, That's great. Fun. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks, Alistair.
0: And that was the Manchester Tech Festival podcast with me, Alistair Swindlehurst. Thanks for joining us today. We'll share any of the links discussed in the notes of the pod, and you can get all the information there. You know, We we can't do any of this without the support of our great sponsors and the volunteers. And a big thanks to Steve Bergen from Spreadlight Wildfire Media for all his production support too. If you want to join us and get involved, please go to dot uk. We'll find links for tickets, uh, our social media channels, and all the different ways that you can get involved too. Uh, Hopefully, we'll see you there. Um, If not, take care of yourself, and please feel free to get involved because this is more than just a week in October. All the best.